I don't think so. Yeah, you, you take the hooks on two coat hangers and, and you straighten them out and, and see, and, and, and then they don't tangle. Because the hooks are practically straight. How's that going to work? So it needs a little tweaking. Look, it took Edison thousands of tries to invent the light bulb. But his light bulbs didn't have to hold up his lab coat. It, it's a process. From Hollywood, it's out of my mind. I'm Jay Douglas, and in episode 63, I have in my hand a copy of an official United States patent. It begins, Be it known that I, Charles Lewis Patterson, a citizen of the Dominion of Canada, have invented new and useful improvements in garment hangers. What's wrong with this? Nothing. Other than it flies in the face of history. Ladies and gentlemen, in the next seven years of bigger and bigger enrollments, America's grade schools will need nearly a quarter of a million extra teachers besides those to fill normal vacancies. This great need, plus the growing public interest in education and improvements in schools, make elementary school teaching a more rewarding career than ever, a career that high school and college students should certainly consider. Education holds America's future, perhaps your future. Attorney Charles Lewis Patterson was, was just following common practice when in 1904 he filed a patent application for what's commonly known as a wire coat hanger. And then he assigned the patent to John B. Timberlake. That's right, regardless of what you think, wire coat hangers were not the work of the devil. But they weren't the work of Patterson or Timberlake either. Timberlake owned Timberlake & Sons. It's a small company in Jackson, Michigan, and it made wire novelties. Now, at the turn of the 20th century, company owners routinely filed patents for their employees' inventions. One could only wonder, though, given the maelstrom that wire coat hangers created, whether Timberlake would have rethought that practice, especially if he knew what was to come. But he didn't. At the time, there was only one coat hanger. And as we all know, it takes two to tangle. Arthur J. Parkhouse, he's the real hero of the story, or the villain, depending on how many coat hangers you have in your closet right now. And he had no idea what he was unleashing in the world in 1903. It was a cold winter day. And Parkhouse couldn't find a hook to use to hang up his winter coat. He didn't want to lay it on a chair or drop it someplace where it would get wrinkled. So he just grabbed a piece of wire from a bin and twisted it so there was an oblong at each end. Then he took another piece of wire, fashioned that into a hook, and twisted it onto the middle of the first wire. In a matter of moments, he came up with a solution that would change people's lives forever. Oh boy, would it. Parkhouse was born in St. Thomas, Canada, just across the border from Detroit, and in 1879, he and his family moved to the town of Jackson. From all accounts, Parkhouse was a decent sort, not prone to pranks or revenge or any of those things. And according to a blog post by his great-grandson, Parkhouse was a little bitter about not being named the inventor of a wire coat hanger, but there's no evidence that his great-grandfather felt the idea was stolen from him. For all his inventiveness, Parkhouse was rewarded with his regular salary. He never saw a penny in royalties. Now, I might add, there is also nothing in the record that indicates Parkhouse knew anything about material science, molecular chemistry, or physics. So inventing a device that could get more tangled up than the IRS code must have puzzled him, especially since there was no IRS tax code at the time. The question remains, though, why did Parkhouse invent a coat hanger in a matter of minutes while we have to spend hours untangling them? Well, to find out, I spoke with Scott Franklin. He's a professor of physics at the Rochester Institute of Technology. And he does know about molecules and twisting and stuff. 
And he had a very simple answer. Bananas don't entangle, right? And bananas don't entangle because uh, if you put two bananas together and then you start to try and pull them apart, they slide off. So kids, please, don't try hanging your coat on a banana at home. Use your, your parents' coat instead. You know, I, I, I only hope Scott's research isn't funded by taxpayer dollars. But he does have a point. Bananas curve, but, but their shapes are not anything close to a, a full circle. On the other hand, that hook on a coat hanger... The shape of the hook at the top, um, if you think about what fraction of a circle that it encompasses, it's a little bit more than 180 degrees. It's actually, you know, if you include the part that goes down, it's probably closer to 270 degrees. And that's the critical part. Imagine you're blindfolded in a circular room with only one door. You walk around the room randomly, you're looking for a way out. Now, the smaller the door, the less chance there is you're going to find it. Because the coat hanger hook has a relatively small opening, once the hook grabs onto another coat hanger, there are just more ways for the hangers to stay entangled than there are to shake themselves free. Now, now, in all fairness, I should mention that Scott does not, I repeat, does not spend government grant dollars investigating the behavior of wire coat hangers, or, or bananas for that matter. No, that's the sort of research you'd expect to find at Caltech or MIT. Scott does practical work on why and how certain molecules slide over each other while others get entangled. This has nothing to do with building a better coat hanger, which is probably as commercially viable as uh, improving the taste of tofu. But understanding and controlling how molecules entangle could have applications in things such as uh, building materials. If you could figure out a way to pour something like sand and then have it grow or shrink or change shape into a staple or an arc, uh, you would be able to pour something into whatever shape you wanted and then sort of create a building material like that. I wanted to clear that up. Scott has more good news for us about coat hangers, uh, not building materials. But first, while I was researching this story, I was reminded once again about how easy it is to get tangled up in links on the internet. And that's another reason I enjoy doing research at my local public library. Because if I do get hung up, libraries come with friendly, knowledgeable reference librarians to, dare I say, straighten me out. I'm not twisting the truth here. There would be no Out of My Mind podcast without my local public library. And if you like the program, you can show your appreciation by getting a library card, using it, and supporting your local public library. Oh, Scott's good news? It's not only the hooks on a coat hanger that are a problem, the body of the hanger is working against you too. The, the tops are getting entangled, they're hooking onto each other, but then the long, wide body of them uh, is, is being forced into positions where the only way to disentangle them would be to do these large rotations, and there's just not enough space for that. That's right. The hooks leave you little space to untangle them, and the body won't let you twist the hangers to use that space in the first place. So, coat hanger entanglement isn't accidental. Uh, we're not victims of fate. It's not the work of the devil. We're screwed by solid science. And that's the story I call Twisted. My thanks to my wife for appreciating my persistence, and special thanks to Rochester Institute of Technology Physics Professor Scott Franklin for explaining all this science behind coat hanger entanglement. I'll be back next Tuesday at 6 a.m. Eastern with another little-known story about well-known stuff, and we'll chat then. But if you can't wait, especially... If you have an idea for a topic for a future episode, you can call me here at the show. The number is 323-465-3322. Or you can drop me an email at jdouglas, that's the letter J and Douglas, at thetheateroryourmind.com. And theater is spelled with an E-R. I'm Jay Douglas. Out of My Mind is produced by Penny Summers and is a copyrighted feature of the Theater of Your Mind Incorporated, Hollywood, California.